What should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we, who died to sin, still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptised into Christ were baptised into his death? Therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. You know, a good picture tells a story, doesn't it? A good picture isn't just capturing beauty in a moment. A good picture tells you something of a scenario or a situation or, or an individual. It tells a story. That's where I think the expression comes from, that a picture paints a thousand words. There are such famous uh, pictures, aren't there, which tell stories. There's that picture of the young lad at the Hitler Youth Rally, where a thousand soldiers are all giving the salute, but he stands stern-faced with his arms crossed. It's not just a captivating picture. It tells the story of someone who who saw through the propaganda, who saw through all of the speeches and the splendour, the, the horror of what was truly going on. Other such war pictures do something similar. Today in Llandabir, a picture is being painted. One such picture which paints a thousand words, which tells a story, is being enjoyed by six people, and many dozens, over a hundred others who are there to witness what is going on. Because we're celebrating this morning over in Llandabir, baptisms. Baptisms for us are a picture of the death, of the burial, of the resurrection of Jesus. Did you see it there in the reading from Romans? This is exactly how Paul understood it when he was uh, writing his letter to the church there in Italy. He says that we have died with Christ. By going into the water, we've been buried with Christ. And coming up out of the water, there is that hope that we are raised to new life with Jesus. Baptism is a wonderful picture, taking in the visual of someone going down into the ground, into the grave, and coming up washed clean, made new, made alive once more. It's actually a pretty familiar picture throughout the scriptures as well. Not strictly speaking baptism, but people going into waters and through the power of God coming out the other side. Actually, it begins at the very beginning in the book of Genesis. Land where life that we know and appreciate is going to, to be planted and flourish comes up on the land and the land comes out of the water. A little bit later on, the story of Noah, someone who goes into this ark, this tomb, if you like, goes into the waters and is brought by God safe through to the other side. There's the story of Israel in the Exodus, with death chasing them down, chariots and army waiting for them on the one side. They walk through the waters unscathed and celebrate and sing on the other side. Jonah, the prophet, 
thrown into the sea, swallowed by a fish, spat out, spewed out on the other side. A picture of death and of resurrection. Even David, thinking about the events of his own life, as John read to us earlier, thinking about the persecution, the harassment, the, the chase, the pressure that was put on him by King Saul so often in so many circumstances, understood it as going down into the waters, into, into the depths, into death, only for God to rescue and to bring out. That pattern, that picture is there throughout the scriptures and it's there today over in Llandabir, where folks act out, if you like, what it is that Jesus has done for them. Jesus, the one who came, who lived, who died, who was laid in the tomb, but three days later sprang out to new life. It tells the story of what Jesus has done, and in a sense it's also telling the story of what Jesus will do. Because we know, don't we, even from our own church family this week, there have been stories of death. That death is still a reality in our world, but our hope in Jesus that the, is that the new life that he has on the other side of death is ours too. It's acting out what Jesus has done and what he will do in us and for us. But you want to know something really wonderful about baptism? It isn't just a picture. It isn't just an illustration, it's a reality as well. I wonder if you've got that in the uh, reading from Romans. That Paul is saying this is more than just metaphor, this is more than just brush strokes on a canvas. This is something that for those who identify themselves with Jesus through baptism has happened to them. We were buried with Christ. We have died to sin. Just as Christ has been raised from the dead, so we too may walk in newness of life. We have died, in verse 8 he says, with Christ. We believe that we who know Christ will be raised from the dead and will not die again. Death no longer rules over us. Baptism, as much as it is as a picture, an illustration, a description, an explainer of what it is that Jesus is doing, it's a reality for those of us who have put our faith in him. It speaks of what has happened to us through faith in Christ. See, as soon as we place our trust in Jesus, we're joined with him. It's as if we have been crucified. Not simply Jesus taking our sin, but Jesus taking us with him up on that cross to die the death that we all should have died. That not just Jesus uh, succumbing to death and being buried and experiencing that time in the tomb, that if we by faith put our trust in him, we have been buried. It's not just like Jesus has been raised to new life, but we have been made new in him. It's a picture that speaks a thousand words and it's such a big, powerful picture because it's a reality as well. I love that about baptism. That it helps us get our minds through the magnitude and the fullness of what Jesus has done. But it is also a declaration of what Jesus has done. This has happened in me by faith. Now I wonder, 
we've been considering the last few weeks, wisdom. What it is like to, to live and walk and live in our world with God in it. How seeing him, how knowing him transforms everything. We might ask the question, where is the wisdom in baptism? Well, very often I, I find this easiest to, to explore and to explain by, by asking the other question. Like, without Jesus, what should life be like? If we erase God from the picture altogether, where does our mind go? Where does our purpose go? Where does our describing and striving in life go? Well, where does it go? Especially as it pertains to life and death. Without Jesus, in this world, death is something that is to be pushed away, kept as far away from us as we can. Death is something that is to be avoided at all costs. And we do go to some remarkable costs, don't we, to try and keep death at bay. We spend money on medicines, we spend money on our physical health, we spend money on treatment when things go wrong, we spend money and energy and effort in terms of preserving life when things go wrong. But here's what's amazing, that when we factor God in, when we factor the Jesus-shaped God in, we realise that death is not something to be embraced, but it's not something to be feared either. It was Jesus who spoke those remarkable words that those who wanted to cling on to their lives, those who have erased God from the picture, would sadly and ultimately lose it. But those of us who are willing to spend our lives for his name's sake, well, we would gloriously, happily gain our lives back through that. That by pursuing Jesus, by trusting in Jesus, by willingly submitting ourselves to death and burial and resurrection in Jesus, we get new life. It's that new life I just want us to consider for a couple of moments this morning. Again, what does the old life tell us? What does the life of sin and the flesh tell us? Well, without going into specifics, let me give it to you in broad terms. Sin always tells us that we have to. That some course of action, that some attitude, that some way of walking and living is necessary. If you don't, then you'll die. If you don't, then you'll suffer. If you don't, then it will be a tremendous loss for you and what else is there in the world other than you? I don't know why I've ever thought about sin in those terms, but it does. It always tells us that we have to. That's why in the Bible another picture is used. A picture of sin as a, as a slave master and us as its slaves. That we are bound by it. That we are hostage to it. Paul actually goes even further and says there are three things that have bound us and led us and forced us in our lives. Sin ourselves that is Satan the, the God of this age and even the world that confirms and compounds that impulsion to live and to do and to be a very particular set of things sin tells us that we have to 
the spirit, that is the life that God gives us when we're trusting in him, when we've been buried and risen to life again with Jesus, the spirit tells us that we get to. Sin tells us that we have to. The spirit tells us that we get to. So the baptisms speak of this reality in picture format of something that has happened to us. For those of us who want life to be factored in with Jesus rather than, as the fool says in their heart, carrying on as if there were no God. And it's a life rather than leading to death that leads to freedom and fullness and abundance of life. When we consider sin in the Bible, it only ever ends one way. That compulsion, that need, that necessity to do, to have, to be, it's never enough. It always leads to sadness. It always leads to darkness. It always leads to death. But where the spirit is, there there truly is freedom. When we finally get to say along with Christ that I don't have to, but I get to lay down one's life for one's friends, well then there is life, even if it looks like death to us in the world. So I want to finish up by asking two questions. First of all, what way are you going? Are you someone stood at the water's edge, terrified to get in? Metaphorically speaking, thinking about baptism, and what it represents of us trusting, joining ourselves to Jesus, having our lives and our faiths and our beings intertwined with his. Are you looking at the death that has to be experienced before we get to life and you're scared to jump in the water? For those of us who love our lives, we have to let go. For those of us who love our lives, we have to give them over to Jesus because Jesus, who has defeated death, has told us it is the only way to save our lives. Let me tell you, if you're stood at the water's edge, you're worried, you're scared, you're afraid about giving it all away in order to get in, the water is fine. The water is lovely. The water brings healing and out from the water by the power of God. To God's, the Father's glory, there is life. What way are you going? If you are at the water's edge and you're scared to jump in, then please, please, please be afraid no longer. Staying on the edge is where death exists. Passing through the waters is the only way to get to true life. What about those of us who have gone through the waters? Like those six people over in Chandabia this morning who are saying, yep, I am joined to Jesus. His death is my death. His life is now my life. And it is a new, incorruptible, endless life in him. Can I ask another question to you? What is it that Christ, by his spirit, is communicating to you that you get to do? Remember I said that the Spirit tells us what we have to do. Like, if you don't do this, then you'll lose out. It's not that way with Jesus. 
even if he does call us to some very difficult things. What is it that Jesus, by his Spirit, is telling you that you get to do? To sacrifice, to lay aside, to kick to the curb, to, to spend in order that life may come, not just for you and in your experience, but for those around you as well. You know, I can't answer that question for you this morning. We'll each be able to take a moment and contemplate and to consider. But I truly believe that Christ is the one who calls us and offers us opportunities to live out this new life, not just in some future date in glory when he returns, but now and today. And it's a life that looks like carrying on passing through the water, walking on dry land to the life that lies ahead. So what is it that Jesus is calling you to? What is it that you get to do because of the life that the Spirit has brought in your, in your way? Those things that you sin tells you, you have to hang on to, that you can now freely spend. What is it that Christ is telling you that you get to do? There is a picture, which is baptism, but then there is the reality of life made new in Jesus. My prayer is, is that we carry on seeking to know him more and to make him known, more known. That we would be a people who are truly getting to live the life that he has opened up to us. And that we would carry on not being afraid not being afraid to, to walk in his steps, to live under his rule, to experience his kingdom. What a picture that would be for those in our community who are yet to understand, who are yet to come, and who are yet to enter into the water.